New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Uh, it's already up there. The power was present to heal. We're going to be dealing with Luke, the fifth chapter. And just that one verse, verse 17. And as I was looking, uh, I found that uh, there's three Gospels that share this particular story. And whenever the Lord does or says something more than once in the word, we should pay closer attention to it. It means something and it should be a value to us to dig and to research each area. But for some reason, I'm focused on just this one. Uh, Luke chapter five and verse 17. So we won't be dealing with Matthew 9 and Mark 2, where this story also is accounted. So let's go to Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. And when you get to say amen, I love that sound. I love that sound. And it came to pass on a certain day as he, meaning Christ, was teaching that there were Pharisees, and that's a sect of Jews, and doctors of the law, or rabbis and teachers, sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, that word present was added, so what the, the scripture actually is saying, that the power of the Lord was to heal them. Are you listening to me? See, uh, I'm not I'm going to let the spirit of the Lord have his way, but I'm going to keep going. Our God is omnipresent. That means he's what? Everywhere at the same time, all the time. He's omniscient. So wherever he is, he has all knowledge at the same time present. And he's omnipotent, which means he is all powerful. So he's all present. He has all knowledge with that situation and wherever you may be, where all of us are at the same time, and he's all powerful. In other words, there's nothing that you face that has more power than you do in Jesus' name as he indwells you, in you. We're going to touch that in a second. Romans 8 and verse 11. I think the Lord is wanting us to be stirred to acknowledge this power that is within us. Because it's not a year and a day where the same old thing is happening. This world is going rapid speed, out of control and chaotic. And there's a need for voices that are saying what the voice of the Lord is saying into the atmosphere. Amen? So if you said amen, <laughs> what does Romans 8, 11 say? But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, the only way he can do that is if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So this is being dealt with or dealt out to believers. 
Are you with me? <laughs> I love that word, if. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body by his spirit that does what? Where does he dwell? Okay, then. Where did I say earlier? Omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. All power, all knowledge, and present everywhere. You just heard, you just heard that you have that same power in you. And it is not there, he is not there simply just to take up residence. What does it say that he will do? He raised up Christ from the dead. And he also quickens or makes alive your mortal physical body. Are you with me? We are all going in the same place right now because everybody said amen. Now, if you did that out of rote uh, memory, yeah, just amen. Too late. It's too late. Receive this, I pray thee, in the spirit from which it is being delivered. Now go to John, the sixth chapter, and the 63rd verse. get to John 663 somebody say amen just to let me know I can go ahead and go ahead and read it amen amen thank y'all bless the Lord it is the spirit that's that same spirit we were talking about that dwells within us that quickeneth or makes alive the flesh proper profiteth nothing the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. We're talking words now. What did I say earlier? We agreed that he's omniscient, which means he knows all things. So therefore, he has all knowledge of words and speaking. They are available to you as well. Why? Because he dwells within you. You have the same mind. Oh, here we go, brother. The word clearly tells us to have the mind of Christ. I'm going to keep going because I don't want to slow this down. But there's going to be opposition to what it is that you have within you. They're going to deny that you even have Christ in you, the hope of glory. They're going to deny that you even know the spirit of God. If you haven't done certain things to earn the spirit in your life, they're going to deny that you have access to him. There's going to be some that are going to say because you didn't get baptized, you are not able to even have the spirit of the Lord in your life. I'm putting all that out there because I want you to be aware of what's out there that is opposing the very knowledge of the word of God that you're going to face on a daily basis that they need to hear from the spirit that is in you. Are you listening? I may ask you that more than once. Thank you, sister. I heard me that time. <laughs> the Pharisees, the religious sect. There's a lot of religiosity out here in this world that can be called pharisaical. Help me with that word, sis. I'll say it, Pharisees, just Pharisees, okay? I always go to the teacher. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> Bless the Lord. And the doctors of the law, or the rabbis at that time, 
Now listen to this. Despite opposition, the power to heal is still available. And in you. This is what I believe God. I'm, I don't know if I'm getting any further. This is what I believe God wants you individually. Help me, Holy Ghost. Everyone that's in the sound of my voice right now, you are being, being given a word from the Lord about who you are and what you have with you in you all the time. And many of us, we just, oh, I'm just a weak worm. Whatever it may be, however you respond, oh, I don't want to get involved because this, that, and the other thing. You know, we, we just want to keep. I believe God is calling us out of that complacency and passivity. I, I'm raising my hand because I could be as passive as anyone else and complacent and not willing. But I believe God is showing us this. There's going to be opposition to your healing. I'm talking about life and death things, not just the things that we are. Eh, I can take a pill for this or that. I'm talking about this is serious stuff, salvation stuff. The mind being torn apart because it can no longer cognitively think because of all the chaos in this world that it faces with the body that it's carrying around. And God wants to relieve you of that power of the enemy to steal your life. He's given you that power to heal. Luke 5, 17 says the power was present. It said present, but the power of the Lord is to heal. The power of the Lord is to heal. If we're crippled or broke down, help Holy Ghost. Physically, the power of the Lord is here to heal. Now, see, what, what you don't understand, Brother Fred, is that opposition is really formidable. And it really has power, too. Did we not say that our God is omnipotent? There is no greater power than him. And where did I say, and you agreed, that he resides? So who's supposed to be weak? The enemy is supposed to be weak and on the go, running away from your power. that he has entrusted us with. It's not for us to sit down and say, you know what? <laughs> you let him come one more time and I'm going to get him then. He's running rockshot over your household, over your family, over your marriages, over your society, over your church, over everything. He doesn't come to bring peace. He comes to bring chaos so that you will not utilize To defeat him, and I know I'm going to. Bless the Lord. I usually don't get this demonstrative, do I? I repent. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm no good with this. Father, forgive me. Um, the power of the Lord, okay, that's where we're going uh, to heal. 
let's go uh, let's go to Matthew the fourth chapter and verse 17 we're not going to read it I just want to give you this uh, I'm sorry sis Jesus, after proclaiming the kingdom of God, was at hand in Matthew 4, verse 17. Turn there if you want to see the story. And he also called four, thank you, sis, four, that's perfect. (laughs) Thank you, sir, appreciate it. He called four of his disciples. The first two was Peter and Andrew, brothers, fishermen, and the next two were uh, the sons of thunder. Did we learn that? Oh, wait a minute, I told you I wouldn't do that, didn't I? The sons of thunder, Boanerges, James and John. In verses 18 through 22, Christ began to demonstrate the power of the new kingdom. Help, Holy Ghost. Now, before we read, because uh, I want you to stay in Matthew verses four, uh, chapter four, verse 23 through 25. But John talked about something and I'm going to just go ahead and uh, say this and you don't have to uh, go to that. John chapter two. In verse 11, it says, This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. What he had just done was he had taken water and turned it into wine. That was the first miracle. I got a word. This miracle is a miracle of acceleration. Like the words of the Noahic covenant in Genesis 8.22, it says, while the earth remains seed, and most of us have lived it, time harvest. That's what we mostly experience, right? But we have a God that turns water into wine. Healing will be more like seed time and harvest. Why? Because you have him available, accessible every day, all day. And he is willing at the time you need to turn that switch on of your faith. And many of us don't turn that switch on. If no one else is going to outweigh. So everybody can feel okay. I get that. We don't turn that switch on and the sickness and disease and the problems that come with it begin to ruin our pocket, begin to mess with our mind, begin to also start messing with your physical body. So what is easier or better? Which would you really rather choose if you actually believe that you have that very power in you? You would turn that switch of faith on if I'm talking to believers that really believe. Well, I'm raising my hand. I would. And therefore, I receive what God has already provided through grace by faith in what Christ has already victoriously won for us. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. So he's healing. He said healing will be more like seed time and harvest. God is good. Amen. Applying what you hear. That's why I prayed about hearing. 
and having a heart to receive only requires you to believe. Am I a teacher? I'm going to have to teach you teach. All you have to do is believe. Wait a minute, bro. Remember that seed time? How long do I have to believe? See? <laughs> Sorry. If when you pray, you believe, you will have what you pray. Okay? I like that, brother. <laughs> First Peter tells me that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Have we been made righteous through Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 21 and the whole, 19, the whole area there? Have we been made righteous? He has made us righteous. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. I'll say it again. Have we been made righteous? So the eyes of the Lord are on you. All day, every day. All knowledge, all power, and everywhere at the same time. On you. And his ears are open unto everybody else's prayer but yours. And you know it because I got that seed time thing going now. Right? Because I ain't getting nothing I've been praying for. I, I have children. And, and I, some of them, I can. Because uh, <laughs> if, if it's being streamed, I don't, I don't, it's too late. <laughs> I put insert. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the, one or two of your children are patient. Okay, Dad, I, I can wait on it. But then there's always that one. That <laughs> brother say yes. Who blessed the Lord? Oh, okay. Okay. There's always that one. Not yesterday, Dad. I had other things on my plate yesterday. Today. And not just now, but right now. Not right. Right now. <laughs> and so God understands that as well. He knows how to deal with every one of us individually, perfectly. And if we just allow him to do what it is that he is able to do through us and to us and for us, he's already provided all good things in his grace through Christ. It's yours. He just said it. He's got his eyes all over you. So why would he then say, ha, and then you neck? He's a loving God. As, as Theo and I were looking at, he, every good and perfect gift comes, from a, comes down from above from the Father of lights. And I like to go to Psalm 8411. He will withhold no good thing from them that walk upright. And you've been made upright. Amen? Let me keep reading. I don't want y'all to start walking out on me. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> so Matthew 4. <laughs> I'm I do like to. I'm sorry. Here we go. Matthew 4, verse 23 through 25. Y'all tell Brother John I didn't do that bad. Okay. Uh, and this is just adding to when he had already, meaning Jesus, he had already been in the desert. Whoop the devil. Amen. And then began proclaiming 
the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then went and grabbed a couple of his disciples, four of them, said, come on. And they left everything and followed him. And the first thing he did, what's the first thing he did? He started teaching about the kingdom. Later on, I had in here where teaching brings clarity. It also gives you direction. It also takes you out of the muck of indecision and gives you an opportunity to make decision with clarified answers. That was too much. That was the spirit over me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anything that deals with teachers, I just look right over to Geneva to get her approval or none. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. That shouldn't be in there because y'all do know that healing is not for today. You do know that, right? He said the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand, and after he preached and taught, he healed. Is he not supposed to be emulated by us? He is our example. And so when he did, did that, we should say, well, <laughs> this is 2022, so obviously we are not to do that. Right? Yes, I'm being sarcastic. My children always knew. <laughs> okay? And the reason I'm being sarcastic is because many believers will swallow that when they have the word right here telling them the opposite to believe. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday. That would be in his day. Today. That would be right now. And forever. And what he did then for others, he'll do now for you and I. He shows no partiality. He taught, he preached, and then he healed. The power of the Lord was present to heal. The power of the Lord is present here to heal. I'm trying to get it in you so that you don't have to have an emergency. Gotta call God. You! are the answer. Ah, uh, don't put that on me, brother. It's never going to be on you because you're trusting the one that is going to do it through you. He just needs you to believe so that you and he or whoever else can receive what he is paid for with his life and blood. Going on. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought him no more sick people. Please don't bring no more. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with. Now we're talking about something in the spirit world. Devils. And those which were lunatic. And those that had the palsy. And he had to let them go because he didn't have enough power to handle those things. Right. Y'all better correct me. Thank you. The power is always present when you are present. I'm trying to make sure you get that. 
so that you don't have to say, well, if it's your will, Lord, I know that I'm being facetious again. I know that you, if you were here, you would do something because Jesus loved me. Am I wrong? None of us really want to take on the devil. None of us want to take on sickness and disease. None of us want to have to fight to stand in the gap and make up the heads for someone else's life, possibly. But that's exactly what Christ did for you and I. He took upon himself every sin so that he could take the judgment with his blood and say, it's all clean, it's finished. You now can walk in righteousness. Help Holy Ghost. I don't usually get this demonstrative, do I? I do. I hope it don't run anybody away. You know, I used to run track. This is definitely not the notes. I used to run track. Man, I was good. Y'all, y'all agree? <laughs> I thought I had brothers and sisters in here. I, I was. I went to the Olympic trials. I didn't do I didn't do as well as I thought I could. So that was in 1984, a long time ago. But I never thought I could do that. I mean, when I got older, I, I didn't think I could do that, meaning the time period that I was actually doing it. But when I was 12, and I was watching the 68 Olympics, well, I thought I could do anything. Whoa, look at those guys running, and look at them with that. They do it. Whoa. They were speed city from, from San Jose State, representing the United States. And when it came my turn, I had to prepare myself if I wanted to make that representation. Like I said, I didn't make it. But I had to do the preparation in order to be considered. When you are being addressed by the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy your life, it's too late to get prepared. This is what Sunday and Wednesday and Thursday are for, to prepare you so that you will get your gold medal of standing in the gap, making up the hedge, and allowing the Spirit of the Lord to live within you and to make resonant, not just on the inside, but on the outside. That's where the kingdom of God is being established in each of us so that it goes this way and that way and this way and all ways, destroying the handiwork of the enemy every way that you look. I'm going to say, okay, why did Jesus demonstrate the power of God is to heal instead of doing or saying something else? Look at Psalms 107 and verse 20. And again, I always reference other people because I know they're, they're, they're doing, like, like Brother, Brother Ernest, having a, a culture of confidence in God established in the church and in individuals. Hallelujah. And Sister Geneva, if she doesn't say it, somebody else is going to say it. Sozo. That's one of her favorite. I believe it. 
I know what sozo means, and I know how to apply it. Amen. Why did Jesus demonstrate the power of God is to heal? Because he was sent to heal. He was sent to restore. He was sent to save that which was lost. Sozo. And deliver the message of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Psalms 107 verse 20 says, he sent his word and didn't do anything with them. That's what yours says as well, right? If you look up there or on your book. He did what? Why in the world did God, being God, send Jesus, the word, to heal? Why didn't he just, why didn't he just, everybody get healed? Huh? Oh, y'all ain't had that question before. I'm going to give you my little synopsis real quick here. Without faith, it is impossible to. uh, uh. So there's a part that you and I pray in healing being established. Faith has to be there. If it's not there, ain't nothing else happening. Faith works by love. God is love. (laughs) So if if love and faith are not involved in mercy and so forth in the healing process, God ain't there. A man can help you physically come through things, go through things. Not a problem. However, there's always side effects. But not with God. Hallelujah. I'm the only one that's excited about that because if you have a disease, if you have sickness, God will take care of it for you if you trust him by faith. And eradicate all the power of the enemy and even the effects of things, symptoms, etc. Medications, good blessed Lord. You get a Tylenol. And you got this long list of side effects. And it's going to help you, though. It's a trade-off. The only trade-off you have when you're talking about healing with God is your faith to believe that he said he will do it, and he will do it, and he has done it. And there's no changing that. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he has said it, shall he not do? I said, if he said it, shall he not do? Your answer every time when you're faced with anything, especially sickness and disease. God said he sent his son to heal them. (laughs) End of story. And you walk in what it is you believe he has done. Not waiting for it. See time and harvest. You believe it then. See time. Harvest. It's mine. It belongs to me. God gave it to me. It's my healing. He paid the price. I get the results of the benefits of him going through it for me. I am right on time. Isaiah 55, 11. 
Okay, I was going to be here for a minute. Anyway, <laughs> Isaiah 55, 11. Now, we just saw that God sent his son. All right? He sent his word and healed him. So shall my word. He sent his word and healed him. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Now, if I stop right there, you and I understand that when God said he sent his son to heal, it will not return unto him void. It will heal. The problem that we have, and I'm going to say it, is we don't believe. Now, I said it demonstratively because I'm in that boat as well. At times, I will waver. Oh, my God, it's see time. There's a whole lot of time I got to hold on. If you believe, you have it, and you say it and pray it, then it's complete. Regardless of the process. And I think we don't want to go through the process. I know that because I'm a, oh, sometimes I'm a wimp. I don't want to go through this stuff. It's hard. Hmm? I'm, again, I'm the only one because I'll take it for the team. But standing up for God and allowing him, when you believe, to actually come. Oh, there's nothing greater, is it? Is there anything greater? When he comes through and, and you're on, the, on that side, right? It's, woo! That's how we are or should be. Help me. When we go through, right at the very second that we started, go ahead and give him a hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's already done. I believe it. <laughs> Our God reigns. He said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. Now, somebody's telling me that God is pleased with healing because yeah. he sent his word to heal. And this says it will not return to him, but where he, wait a minute, but it shall accomplish that which I please. That seems to me like that's his will. Does that sound right? Because he's revealing something to me right now. I'm sitting there, wow. And it shall Prosper. Wait a minute, I'm on my deathbed. I'm, I'm laid out somewhere. Or, or I got a disease. He's telling me that right then and there, your body is being quickened by the Spirit of the Lord and it begins to prosper because the Word is a seed that brings forth fruit. And it will prosper. He told us in, in Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply. So if he tells us that and then sickness and disease or whatever it may be says, no, you cannot prosper. You tell it, <laughs> grab it by the throat, whatever. You tell it you're a lie and the truth ain't in you. My God said his word, hallelujah, it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in a thing thereto or whereto I sent it. Jeremiah, I always love this part about Jeremiah 1.12. 
These are three of my favorites, uh, Psalm 107, Isaiah 55, 11, and Jeremiah 1, 12. I use them. I use them. Jeremiah 1, 12 says, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten, or I will watch over my word to perform it. What did Peter say? What did Peter say? For the eyes of the Lord are where? Over the righteous. Are you listening? All right. <laughs> For I will hasten or watch over my word to perform it. This is number two. That's, um, I didn't give you numbers or anything, but uh, the power was present because he was sent to destroy. This is the second thing to destroy the works of the devil. First John three and eight. First John three and eight. Anybody get it first? Say amen. Here we go. First John three, verse eight. I hear some papers going. <laughs> Y'all should come on Wednesday. Sister Roper have us going <laughs> in a good way. I'm not saying negative, not at all. Because when, when Sister Barbara is getting there first, I'm trying to tell you, somebody's listening and hungering. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? They shall be filled. So when you have a hunger, that's why I love that when we're in class, I love to see those pages turning. Because that tells me you want it. Not just to hear it, but to receive it. So the spirit can then do something with that seed of promise. Hallelujah. First John three, verse eight. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested or sent or came to pass, did the things that he needed to, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now turn to Acts 10, 38, and you're going to see how he's going to destroy the works of the devil. Of course, we know the cross and so forth. We understand that. That's, I'm not trying to say that that isn't what he was sent to do. But he received something. And I wanted you to know that as well. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Amen? Amen. We're not done. <laughs> Who went about doing good. Now, remember we were talking about the devil a little world, while, a while ago, the lunatics and the spirits that were being cast out. Remember that? It was just a little ways back. I have a short-term memory. I try to get better. Okay, there you go. You're right. I got a better memory. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power by God to do something. To do good and to heal. So when you're addressed by the enemy, I know the word may sound wrong, but that person needs to be healed or delivered from that oppression to be made 
whole sozo, that position that we're supposed to be in after salvation, is made whole. Amen? Oh, I got a good amen on that one. That worked. So, where am I at? <clears throat> the power that was present, this is number three. The power that was present, then, we as believers, as I've been saying, are equipped with now. Romans 8.11 told us that, right? Amen. And now we see that Christ was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And we are to be like him. Amen. That same power has taken up residence in us. I don't want to say this wrong, but it's like it's a dormant thing, though. Remember I said earlier about that faith thing? You have to, that's your part pretty much. Without you initiating faith, believing in what it is and who it is that you have in you or with you, it's not going to be activated to the point or the place where you possibly need him to be activated to help you in your life and others, to establish the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Sometimes things make sense and it's not God's sense, so I just want to make sure. Amen? We then, as, as believers, are equipped with now. We're equipped with that same power, that same presence. And we're called to be an agent or a vessel that brings that healing to this age. First, to get their minds off of this world and to accept Christ as Savior, because the Antichrist is real. It's a real thing. He's a real thing. He is everywhere. It is everywhere. That attitude, everywhere. I think it's Mark 16. Yeah. Mark 16. And verse 15 through 20, but we're only going to do uh, one scripture from there. Yeah, verse 17. Now I'm going to do 17 and 18. Let's do that. Bless the Lord. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And I'm going to hurry because I don't want to keep y'all here. I'm only on page three, but I think four is. Yeah, I think I can get all in. I think I can get it all in. And these signs shall follow them that do what? Believe. Oh, one thing I heard my uh, brother Ernest say. Wait, it, it, I keep bringing him up. Sorry. He's out. He just walked out. I wanted to give him credit for this. Is that if you're married, you lay hands on each other. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to call nobody. The same power is resident within you. Speak against that thing, lay hands on it, and command it to leave in Jesus' name and receive the healing, the blessing that is yours. And it's yours. That word God will honor, just like he said it. He hastens his word to perform it. So if you use his word on a certain situation, especially in your household, God will honor it. I just gave you credit for that, brother. Okay, amen. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Now, remember, it didn't say these signs shall follow the pastor, the pastor's wife, uh, the deacon, uh, the cop down the street, etc., whatever. It says these signs shall follow them that. See, when you say it, 
it registers here. If you don't see it, you got questions about this still. Ah, God's telling on y'all and me. <laughs> but seriously, when you believe, you need to understand this. Help, Holy Ghost. I don't think we will get, well, I'll try. You need to understand you have the most powerful thing in the world. I'm not talking about the spirit of God because he is. That the world can't do a thing about. Believe. When you believe. You have just told everything else. It cannot change your mind. When you believe. In Christ. And who it is that is taking up resonance within you. Nothing else is more powerful than that. So it's, in, it's imperative for us to believe what Christ has said, what he has done, what he has won, what is yours by grace through faith, so that it is alive in you and able to be alive in other people's lives in the establishment of the kingdom, as well as your family, your marriage, your finances, your futures. I guess I'm going too long. Okay. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Devils don't have a spot. If they're acting up in your household, in your life, in your family, you have the right to cast them out. <gasps> Wait a minute, I'm not Jesus. No, but you carry him. You represent him. And he is watching over this word. He's ever interceding for you, waiting for you to trust, believe in what he has said he has done and won for you so you can actually use it. Because when he said in Matthew 4, 17, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it has not stopped. It's perpetual, continual, and effectual when we, with the knowledge that we have in and of him, use that kingdom's power to establish. See, the enemy's about taking property and, and how do we, uh, the military folks, you know what I'm talking about, when you lose or gain uh, Help, help me, Brother Ernest. Uh, ground. I'll just say ground. The enemy is about taking ground from you. Territory. Okay? And he knows, trust me with this, he knows that he can't beat you. He knows it. Because he knows that Christ already won his butt. And now he's given us the authority to do the same thing and to establish the kingdom here in the earth realm. So the enemy just wants you to say, no, you can't do anything. You need to rely on someone other than you. And let me make you go crazy in your mind, tear your body up, and then tell you that your God is not going to come to help you either. And now you believe that because it's actually happening in your life. And this is why God wants you to trust his word that he sent more than anything else. Because everything else in this world is below it. I think it's in Psalms 139 verse 2. He has placed his word even above his name. And guess what? <laughs> every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And every name is beneath that name.
So he's placed his word above even his name. Are you? And you, you got the word. Anyway, we're going to keep rolling. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I'm going to go to the one that everybody's waiting on. The five enemies to your life and healing thereof. You know, I know people, I know people come to church. They want to feel better, different, and so forth. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> but I think people, this is Fred now. I think people prefer to hear the bad news and believe that when they leave, as opposed to however many minutes I've been speaking about how good God is and what you have inside you and so forth. Because we've been conditioned to believe what the world does and why it does the way the things that it does. TV, anything, everything is inundated with the world and the Antichrist, etc. So to hear something of the word that would break that hold is almost like, ooh, I've been faithful to that thing. I don't want to be unfaithful. And why should I trust something other than what? And God is trying to woo you this day to trust him, his word that he sent to heal you, even of your mind, the way you think, etc. so that this word can transform your thinking to the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, the first one is unbelief. We just, we just went over how if you believe, no one's going to change your mind. That is one of the most powerful position you can have. And the Holy Spirit working within you, undefeatable. Why? There's none greater. Help, Holy Ghost. But unbelief is the first one. Deceitfulness of sin is number two. Hardness of heart is number three. Unforgiveness is number four. And the all-time favorite, fear, is number five. These are those things that have an opportunity, if they have an opportunity in your life, will steal your healing, will prevent your healing, will make you think that you are not supposed to even be healed according to what God, through Christ, has won for you. The first one, unbelief, creates doubt that God is who he is and says what he says who he is and does what he says he's going to do. All it needs is a little bit of doubt. And the next thing you know, all that power that is present and resident in you is completely dormant, has no way to operate because that unbelief is like, no, nah, this ain't going to work. Maybe if I try this potion, you know, there's a soothsayer down the corner there. She does palm read. Maybe I can get something other than. You better quit laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Now, seriously, we will use this thing attached to this world to find a remedy that Christ has already given to and for you. Creating unbelief. 
And we already talked about Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is rewarded them that diligently seek him. Okay. Go to Mark. This is another one for unbelief. Mark chapter 6 and verse 5 and 6. Because they knew who Christ was, they had determined that any great work that is happening cannot be through him. Because isn't that Joseph boy? Don't we know James and his sisters? How in the world anything good can come through him? Ain't that Fred? Ain't that Geraldine and Dan's son? What can any, it can't nothing good come through this vessel. We know that boy. I used to change his diapers. Am I wrong about it? That's how we're looked at all the time in the spirit. By the enemy, he does not want you to think of yourself as able to overcome him. So he makes you think that you can't do a thing about what's happening in your life, who you are. Just not going to be enough. But because you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Now. You have access. To all of the kingdom of God. And all of his authority. So it's no longer you that liveth, but Christ that liveth in you. That's making and working these things out for his glory and your benefit. And the establishment of the kingdom. Amen. Keep him going. Verse 5, I think it's Mark 6. And he, meaning Christ, could there do no mighty work. So he wanted to do mighty works. That's an inference, right? But he could not do mighty works. Hmm. Save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. There was somebody had some faith. Even though there are other folks say, no, there ain't no sense I have no faith in him. He ain't nobody but Jesus. We know him. Mm. Verse 6 says, and he marveled, meaning Christ, because of their unbelief. That's what I meant by it, having the power to take the very healing, the very authority that you have in Christ out of the picture. But when you believe, those mighty works are able to be worked. And he went about and he went around, he went round about the villages teaching. As I said earlier, teaching brings truth, clarity and encouragement to believe God and faith for faith to direct you. Oh, wow. By the light. Of his word. And out of the darkness. Where unbelief drops you off. You need light. The word brings light, clarity, truth, direction, focus, victory. And it lights a pathway for you to follow. So the darkness cannot encroach upon it. It makes it repel. That's what the word does. It turns a light on and tells darkness to go. 
And when that light is turned on, Sozo, for some reason, is right next door, right there, to be made whole, to be healed, to be restored. That's what Christ came to do. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Help, Holy Ghost. Unbelief in Jesus as the Christ of God brings with it a conditioning of your heart that aligns with this world. But that's not the second one. The second one also does that to your heart. It's called deceitfulness of sin, Hebrews 3 and verse 13. Now, we all know that pastor says this one thing. I can't say it like him, but sin feels good. But that's the deception. It isn't good for you. It has attached with it and on it payment. Consequence. Right then and there. And sadly, sometimes throughout your life. But thank God. We can exhort one another daily. While it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Hardness of heart. Number three. Hebrews 3.15. I'm trying to go quick. While it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Hardening of the heart simply means you're not willing to receive the word, the water of the word, to soften your heart, to be pliable in the hands of God, that he may be able to mold and shape you in the way that he would have you so that this word is able to easily come into that heart of yours, that ground, that soil, so that when it's watered, it won't just run, run off. It'll actually soak in. The water of the word will soak in. And your heart is pliable and your attitude will be one toward doing the things of God as opposed to repelling the things of God and bringing unbelief and deceitfulness of sin, allowing that to run and ruin your life. And now that soil is no longer able to even to receive the word. So we need to prevent that by exhorting each other daily in the word and the things of the word and keeping each other in prayer and hoping in Christ above all things so that your faith will then have something as far as substance to continue to grow in. Unforgiveness is the next one. When unforgiveness is present, sin has a toehold to the door of your heart and your life. And all manner of sickness and disease are given an opportunity and or an opening into your body, into your life, into your mind. Normally what happens with un, uh, unforgiveness is bitterness will begin to take root in your life. Through bitterness, anxiety will then come. Stress will then come. Your body will start repelling it, but they can't win because that stuff is still there. It's a seed and it's growing in your heart. And then the next thing you know, You've got ulcers, ulcerations, etc. Now you might break out in rashes and so forth. There's no stopping. Once you start down that road, it does not know how to shut itself off until it kills you. But thank God for James 5, 15 and 16. I'll just go ahead and read it for the sake of time. And the prayer of faith 
shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save, shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to one another. One to another, sorry. And pray one for another. Again, as I said earlier, exhort one another daily. Continue to think on others and pray for them. And help them to come out of the darkness into the light of his dear son. That ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I want you to understand something. Now, they said call the elders. But it is God's will for you to be healed with the prayer of faith. Why would you have the prayer of faith if it wasn't going to produce what the faith is for? Now, that's not deep. <laughs> The reason, I <laughs> the reason I said that is because many of us don't believe that we, as I said earlier, have that same power that the pastors, evangelists, whoever may have. And we need their prayer or their hand on us or whatever. You have the same power living within you. Confess the fault, confess the sin, repent, so on and so forth. Lay hands on yourself, get some oil as a point of contact. Let it rip and be victorious in what Christ has won and done. I know it's comical, I, I agree, but let it rip. What do you got to lose? <laughs> Trying what God has given you. He will withhold no good thing from them that walk uprightly. Every good gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. And there's no variable of turning, no shadow of turning. He won't take it back. It's out, not for you. If you're his child, he's going to make sure. He's, his eyes are always on the righteous. That's what Peter said. And his ears are open to your prayers. He is never quiet except when he's listening to your prayer, for your prayer, ever interceding for us. Mm. And the last one, of course, is fear. When fear is in the, when fear is in the mix, there's only, well, faith is the one that destroys it or overcomes it. Even our faith overcomes the world. We need to also understand that faith works by love. So if faith isn't in there, you, you're not working in love. There's no doubt about it. So when you walk in love, faith is accessible, mercy is accessible, and you can apply them in your life and in your situation. Listen, there's been some folks that have had some issues this week. I've been in prayer, thankful that God has already taken care of it well before it got to me. Thank goodness. Right? Sometimes we think we need to wait. We, we just need to wait just, just a little bit. And then here's the other thing. When we, we just wait just a little bit. I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. They're they going to probably grab me later outside this door. 
we, we cannot have a grasshopper mentality. Okay? How about that? Caleb said, give me that mountain. I don't care about how big they are or the situation is. Give me that mountain. We are well able. And you have been made well able with the spirit of God in you to overcome. You don't have to adapt to that thing and allow it room. You have the right to say, that's not enough. I want all that God has given me through what Christ has willingly paid for me to have. Well, give me this little chintzy stuff here. You take this little piece of help there and you'll be all right. The only reason I will accept that is because when Smith Wigglesworth, he had a person that had died and he needed, oh no, not died. She was in a coma. Sorry about that. She was in a coma and no one could get to, through to her. And he went up to her and he said, I just need her to do something. The lady, it was a lady, wiggled a little piece of her finger. That was enough. And he somehow... <laughs> Trusting in God, that lady came out of that coma. I think that's the correct story. Am I correct about that story, sis? You're supposed to be my back. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I remember that portion. All he needed was just one little thing. That was enough faith. Remember, a grain of mustard seed. Thank you, sister. In Wednesday's class, a grain of mustard seed. Speak to the mountain. It's gone. That's the faith that we have when we mix it with who we have, does wonderful things, heals, heals. You command that thing to be. The reason I say that is because Christ has given us the authority. If that woman right here hasn't wonderfully showed us how we have the authority to execute it, we really don't want to know it. This word is for us to use. Not just, oh, I hope I understand. Mm -mm. I'm talking about be like a little child. Be childlike with your knowledge until you're grown up in it. But don't forsake it. Use it. What could be wrong with you? Do it wrong. Who cares? The situation was already tentative the way it was. I think it's because we don't want to look bad. I'm that person. I don't care. I don't care. I really don't. <laughs> Is it time to go? But those are the five things. And remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. We're undefeatable when we apply what it is that God left for us as instructions to use by faith. Because His grace has already provided it. That's what faith does it goes and gets what grace has already provided. If it wasn't already provided, I think it's in 2 Corinthians 12 9, He said, He's my, He's your all sufficiency. So if he's your all-sufficiency, it's in there. What is that, ragu? Is it prego or ragu? That all those ingredients, it's all in there. You <laughs> all right, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. But I did not stir you up or try to get you stirred up. 
just for us to sit there. Uh-uh, not today. Not today. Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, you already know all the needs. You've already got a plan for every single one of our needs to be met. You would that none of us should die. First coming to repentance. However, once we're born again, you have made a way for us to be not only made whole, but to live whole and not take down. So I'm opening up this altar right now, Father, in Jesus' name, that. Oh, wow. Change that. <laughs> Stand on your feet. You probably need the blood to run through you right now anyway. Or wake up. Now, again, I got my eyes closed. Forgive me. I'm looking at uh, what the uh, Jesus is Lord. Go ahead and bow your, bow your head real quick. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I said, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The mission, first to be made available, you show up. Then you will receive orders. The orders are your steps in the way you should go. The Lord is saying, come out. If it applies to you, receive it. If it doesn't apply to you, let it go. Just keep your eyes focused on him right now. Come out. Be accountable unto me, says God. I will in no wise cast you out. Come and receive the rest that my son has provided for you. There's someone that says that, you know what, I'm not worthy of having the Lord restore me. <laughs> He's a liar. The enemy's telling you that. This is exactly why Christ died for you, just as you are. Thank you, Lord. And he does want to deal with those issues, people that are in the hospital. But the reason he wants you to take authority, not Fred and not anyone else, the one that it concerns the most is you. God is saying, trust me with your words of faith and watch that I will hasten it to perform it in the life and the situation that you are faced with. I will in no wise cast you out. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Hold fast to that and walk upright before me. There's a way that seems right, but the end thereof leads to death. The Lord said that this word today was for you to recognize that he is with you. When you recognize that he is with you, you now become the authority wherever you are.
So when you are in the presence of God and you are present, all power is with you at that time. At this very time, the culture that this man has talked about is being laid like a groundwork right now before you, the culture of confidence in God. Not only to hear you, but to fulfill what you are asking him for. But then he's saying, by your faith, I will operate through you. Be faithful enough to believe that. Thank you, Lord. The only altar call today is for those that are desiring to be born again. Those that are desiring to be filled with the spirit of God. God is saying you are equipped. Use what I've equipped you with. I just like he said earlier. He could have said earlier. See time and harvest. It's seed time and harvest now. By faith. Be leaving. Now. You are to deal. Me as well. I'm not pointing at you saying it's all you. You are to deal one on one. With what is aggressing you. Come out of come out from the complacency. And place yourself in the position that you have been given by God to operate the spirit that is operating within you, not you operating him, but allowing him the room to operate. You'll be amazed that the nine gifts may begin to begin to be used through you because you have begun to believe in him. That he is so. Help me, Holy Ghost. So if anyone wants to be born again, accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the doors of the church, as they say, are open.